great to be worshiping together again and to be singing and hearing God's speaking to us as a community as we gather together. And it's great to be online. It's great to have had the service here on last Sunday. We were able to be here in person, but it's great to be online as well, to know that people are listening and don't have to have to come in here to uh, be part of it, but can still be every bit a part of it online. So we're glad that you're with us this morning. We're going to be thinking about a parable that Jesus told, and we find it in Luke chapter 13. And it goes like this. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he went to look for fruit on it, but he didn't find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and I've never found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it and fertilize it. And then if it bears fruit next year, well, fine. But if not, then we'll cut it down. Father, this morning as we gather and as we hear your word, as we think about what it means to grow with you, we pray, O oh God, that you would just guide us and lead us. Father, that we would hear your voice and that we would hear your challenge and your encouragement. And Father God, we just pray that you would guide us in our thinking this morning. In Jesus' name. wonder if we can do a little uh, thought experiment this morning. Uh, what if this week, at some point, you went for a walk somewhere, and on that walk you found a magic lamp? And you knew it was a magic lamp because as you were rubbing the mud on dirt off it, a magic genie came out, and in the voice of Robin Williams, said you could have one wish. And before you can think that only one wish must be the discount lamp from the dollar store, he says, and the wish can be to change any one thing that is wrong with the world. So, after you get over the disappointment of not being able to wish for that house or car or boat or trip or new spouse, you start to wonder, what is the one thing that I would want to change in the world? If it had to be just one, would it be racism or maybe sexuality? Or maybe peace in the Middle East. Or maybe my passion is the persecuted church. Or its mission in Rwanda or India or somewhere else. Or maybe it's closer to home. Maybe it's the school system. Maybe it's homelessness. Maybe it's family breakup. Maybe it's people who aren't following God. Now, we know that we're not going to find a magic lamp, right? And that shouldn't probably be our main task this week because it really isn't going to happen, but it doesn't mean that we couldn't make a difference in some area of our world this week. I think God has given us His Holy Spirit to empower us in order to make a difference. Not to solve the world's problems, we're not quite that important, but at least to make a difference. And as a side benefit of that, God promises us that he wants to make a difference in our lives. He wants to help us grow in love and joy and peace and patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. 
And the Bible calls that bearing fruit. And it tells us that that's actually why we're here on earth. It's to become children of God through Jesus' death and resurrection, and then to become followers of God who are maturing so that we can join God in His mission. You know, the mission we pray for in that Lord's Prayer where we say, May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we can have a part in that beyond just praying for it. And we do it, the Bible says, by bearing fruit. So, last week we looked at sweet peas and apple trees. And we said that one of the differences between them was that sweet peas never have enough strength in them to be able to grow by themselves. They always need a trellis or a fence or they need something to grow up on. Apple trees, on the other hand, may start out weak and may need a stake or something like that to, to get them going. But their trunk will get strong enough and they won't need that stake any longer. They'll be able to hold up the tree when it matures and when it bears fruit. And I kind of applied that by saying that the church has put together structures to help new Christians, young Christians, to grow but at some point, we need to internalize those and do them for ourselves. And that many of us as Christians become dependent on the church's structures for our spiritual life. That we never become mature fruit bearers. And the reality of what COVID has done for the church is it's removed those structures. And for many of us, we're struggling in our spiritual lives. And so I kind of gave three applications last week. I said, you know, we need to have a daily time with God. We need to have a weekly rhythm of Sabbath or slowing down and spending time with God. And we need to be generous. And I just want to ask you this morning, uh, you don't have to answer out loud, but if you're at home and you want to, you're welcome to do it. The question is, how'd you do this week? What mark would you give yourself on the homework? Did you plan a daily time with God and carry it out? Did you figure out the when and the where? Did you figure out what you're going to do? Did you start doing it? Do you have plans to make today, Sunday, a special day? Did you do some things that allow you some freedom in this day to spend it with God, not just make it another Saturday? Did you give generously to God's kingdom work this week? And I imagine the question that comes in your mind is, what, that like was for real? You expected me to actually do that. That was really homework. And I get marked on it? Yeah, not by me. But if we're going to grow from being sweet peas to being apple trees that bear fruit, we're going to have to start doing some of these things and not just listening. We're not going to mature if we don't do some of these things in our lives. And if we don't mature, we're not going to grow fruit. And Jesus told a parable, you know, that one I just read about the fig tree and what it means to bear fruit. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and when he went to look for it, he didn't find any fruit. And so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years I've been coming to look for fruit, let's cut it down. Well, that sounds pretty harsh. 
That sounds like, well, where is the grace that I've heard and the forgiveness that I've heard about? This looks like and sounds like I have to do stuff to make God love me. I thought he loved me because he made me. And the reality of that is, well, no, it's not quite that way. But if you have someone you love and you do something for them, hopefully you're not doing it to make them love you. You're doing it because you love them. And you just want to express that in some way. And when we serve, it's not to make God love us. It's because we love him. And if we're not serving, maybe it says something about the depth of our love for God. Because we serve him because he's done so much for us. And we serve him because we love him and we want to show that love and thankfulness to him. Now that parable kind of opens up a couple of things. That parable of the fig tree kind of makes you ask the question, well, who's, who's got the problem here? And obviously the problem is a lack of fruitfulness. But I think Jesus had sort of two audiences in mind when he said that. The first one of them was actually the nation of Israel. Jesus was coming and there was going to be judgment on the nation of Israel. The man comes and he says, you know, for three years I've been coming and looking for fruit and I haven't found any. And there's nothing magical about the three, but what the three means is it's not just one year. It's not just like, well, this was a bad year because it was a drought or there was a late frost or, or whatever it was. It's saying this is a pattern in the tree's life. And it had become a pattern in Israel's life that they were not following God. He'd been working with them since back in the time of Abraham. And for, you know, 2,000 years, they hadn't been getting it. But not only was he talking to Israel, he was talking to us as individuals. And he's saying, God calls you to be kingdom people. To make a difference in the world by your words and your actions. And yet we haven't become mature enough to be useful to God in doing that. And if that's the problem, well, the solution, well, there's two of them. And one of them is pretty harsh. The, the owner's solution is, well, it's time to cut him down and start again. And that was God's judgment on Israel. That's where the church comes in, that when the people of Israel rejected Jesus on that Palm Sunday and on that Good Friday, God, in a sense, cut that tree down. And the church began to be the new Israel. But, but if the owner wants to cut it down and does for Israel, the gardener says, well, no, what if on the individual level maybe this applies? What if we just take one more year and I'll dig around it and I'll weed it and I'll get the soil good and I'll fertilize and then if it doesn't bear fruit, well, fine, we'll cut it down. But let's, let's do that at least. And that gardener begins to do what he says. He begins to dig around the tree. He begins to weed and fertilize and improve the soil. And the parable ends before we know the answer. How does that tree turn out? Well, we don't know because we are the tree. And we get to write the rest of the story. But the gardener knew something important. He knew that fruit 
comes from the roots. And he knew that the quality of the roots depended on the quality of the soil. So fruits come from roots. And he was going to work on strengthening the roots by what he did to the soil. Which leads us to another parable that Jesus told about soil. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. And here we have soil and roots all mixed in on the story. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. But still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Now the image has shifted. We've gone from apple trees to fig trees to now we're in a field. So we're in some kind of grain. Uh, barley may be very common back there. Wheat also. Uh, doesn't matter. Principle is the same. The fruits come from the roots and the roots are in the soil, and the soil determines the results. Now, the disciples don't have a clue what Jesus is talking about. Um, I mean, they understand about sowing seeds and all that stuff. But he doesn't understand what, they don't understand the spiritual application. So they come to him and they ask him, what did you mean? And he explains that to them. And he says there's four things, four types of soil, four things that affect the roots of that plant. He says, first of all, there's a path. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. And this is the seed sown along the path. In other words, the path is so hard, the seed doesn't do anything at all. It just sits there and the birds come and have a, just this wonderful banquet. And then he says, well, the rocky ground, well, the seed falling there refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And this rocky ground is where the, the seed actually does penetrate the ground and it germinates and these healthy green shoots come up, but they quickly die off because there is no soil for their roots to go into. The third one is the thorny ground. It refers to someone, he says, who hears the word, but the worries of his life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. In other words, it germinates and grows, but it, it never bears fruit. And then the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times. In other words, these are the people who bear fruit. And it's the good soil people that bear fruit because the roots can go down and find the nourishment that they need. And I think it's just like the gardener who, in that fig tree story, is going to dig and fertilize and make the soil good for the fig tree. So the seed on the good soil has fallen on ground that has already been done that way. And it allows it to be fruitful. And once again, I think in that parable, maybe there's a couple of different applications to who Jesus is talking about. In one sense, he's talking about different people, and that's the way he explains it. He said there's some people who are like the path. No matter what you do, God's word, God's anything about God just bounces off them. Nothing there. 
Other people, he says, are kind of like rocky ground. Um, you tell them about God, and they get all excited about God. They want to follow God. They want to do all this stuff, but then stuff happens. Maybe they follow God because they need him, and he doesn't come through the way they hope. Or maybe they follow God, and then something challenging happens, and they just say, no, no, I'm out of here. And then the third group of people is these people who the seed grows, and they just develop, and they grow. And they do all the church things, and they do all the external things, but they're really the sweet peas that we talked about in the first sermon. They're consumers of religious practices. They're the beautiful fig trees, but there's no fruit. There's no figs. And there's another story about a fig tree that maybe describes what happens there. It's the Monday after Palm Sunday, leading up to Good Friday. <clears throat> Jesus is ridden into Jerusalem. He goes back out to Bethany for the night. He comes back in Monday morning. And in Matthew, it says this. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but he found nothing on it except leaves. And then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the tree withered. And I think that's just a description of that third soil. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful tree. It's beautiful leaves. But there's no fruit. And it's this fourth soil, the people who bear fruit, who mature, who do what the apple tree and the fig tree and the barley or the wheat or whatever it is, what they're supposed to do, which is to reproduce, which is to bear fruit. And the question comes, well, which, which soil are we? And to me, the scariest is to be that third soil, because that's the one that the fig tree is all about. It's about this soil where the tree has grown. It, it's mature. It just doesn't bear fruit. It doesn't make a difference. And in both of those fig tree stories, God is disappointed. And I just wonder how many Christians, how many of us fit into that category. But maybe that's too big a way of looking at it. Maybe as we look at it in our own lives, um, we are not just the one soil. We are the field. And in the field of our life, there are maybe four different types of soil that are all there at the same time in our lives. So the first one is the path. It's this hard place where God doesn't penetrate. And I just wonder if for many of us, we have this secret part of our lives that we don't let God into. It's this little part of our life, and we say, well, we've given God everything else, but this is ours. This is our secret sin. This is our secret place. This is my one thing that, oh, he probably isn't pleased with it, but, but I deserve it. And for many of us, we have this, this little patch of path where we don't let God in. Uh, secondly, we have these rocky places. And when we go through rocky times, we sort of lose God in that time. Maybe it's illness, maybe it's financial troubles, maybe, you know, it's something else. But whatever the challenge is, in that moment, um, we begin to just try and do it ourselves. And we push God out of that. And, and all those little... Uh, Green shoots of God's presence in our life just die out. 
And maybe there's parts of your life that are that way. Maybe it's in giving. Maybe it's in reading. Maybe it's in praying. Maybe it's in serving in some way. It's just that the challenges kind of... Well, they just scorch our inner life in some way. And then the third area of our lives, I think, is the most common one, maybe. And that is the area where we have this weeds and thorns growing in our life. So we've grown, we've matured, we we have the tree, we have the leaves, we have all this stuff, but... We're too busy to put God first. We're too busy to to do the daily thing or the weekly thing. We're too busy with life, with family, with work, with our own agendas, with our own comfort. We're too busy in these areas. And that's the area that I think we need to be at work in and what these sermons are about. Because there's also that area in our lives where we're bearing fruit. And what we're trying to do is expand that area and shrink down the others. And so I think what God is trying to do is He's trying to help us become fruitful Christians. And to do that, we need to do what the gardener in that first parable of the fig tree did, that knowing that fruits need roots and roots need soil, we need to be digging up the hard soil. We need to be removing the rocks. We need to be pulling out the weeds and the thorns. And that's what we were starting to do with those rhythms or disciplines that we talked about last week. That daily time with God that refocuses us and begins to loosen that soil and move out those rocks. That idea of Sabbath where we take one day a week where we just enjoy God and enjoy His creation, but we enjoy His creation with God where we are generous with our wealth and our time and our skills, because if we can grasp generosity, then we're holding lightly to things outside of God. And I wonder, what would happen if we could develop those rhythms? Well, I think we would become fruitful trees. And I think that the opposite of the fig tree is that tree that we talked about last week as well. It's in Psalm 1, where it says, That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. They yield its fruit in season. Its leaf doesn't wither. Whatever they do prospers. They're planted by streams of water. They're planted in good soil. And they're bearing fruit in season. And I think that's God's desire for us. That He's made us here to make a difference. He's made us here to bear fruit in that sense. And that as we're rooted in good soil, we begin to do that. We begin to bear fruit in season. And I almost wonder, in the book of Revelation, the very last chapter, it's talking about what heaven is like, and it's talking about the tree of life, but I wonder if that isn't what we're to aspire to. Where John in Revelation says, on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And not only does it bear fruit in season, it bears fruit every month. It bears fruit throughout the year. It bears different kinds of fruit. And even the leaves, which you know usually are just there for the tree's benefit, are actually for the benefit of other people, for the benefit of the nations. 
And none of that is going to happen. None of that is going to happen if we don't learn to grow deep into God. And as long as we only rely on the programs and ministries of the church, as long as we are only using the structures that are there, and we're not building an inner discipline, an inner rhythm, we're not going to grow deep like that. We'll grow, but there's a limit. We will grow to that tree that, that has the beautiful leaves, but has no fruit. We'll grow to that uh, grain that is surrounded by the weeds and the thorns. It's mature, except there's no grain. No heads of wheat or barley. It looks good until you look closer and you realize it doesn't have fruit. And I think God is calling us to make a difference in the world. I think we're not the people probably that are going to change a culture. We're maybe not that important. But we'll be those who impact those around us. We'll begin to make a difference in maybe that area we talked about at the start of this, where God has given you a passion to see change in the world. We'll begin to make a difference in those areas and we might begin to see those changes that the magic genie isn't ever going to grant us a wish in. And as we do that, we'll be beginning to impact our family and our friends and our neighbors and our co-workers. We'll begin to see the fruit of the Spirit being developed in our lives. And we'll begin to start to serve, not only in the church, but in the community and wherever we see a need. And the question comes, well, how do we develop these roots that are strong enough to bear fruit? And it's by developing the rhythms. It's by developing the habits of growth, by digging up that hard soil, by removing the rocks, by pulling the weeds and the thorns. And how do we do that? Well, it starts with those three disciplines we talked about last week. It starts with this daily time with God. It starts with this weekly rhythm with God. And it starts with generosity. And then today I'd add one more. Now that you've got those three begun, the fourth one is community, that we do this not as individuals, but we do this within community. And I just kind of wonder, is there a person, is there one person that you can be accountable to and in relationship with? Someone who, like you, wants to grow Someone who can tell you when your goals are kind of drifting a little bit, who can ask you how you're doing on a weekly or monthly basis. Someone who can challenge us when they see that there's weeds and thorns growing up in our lives and we're getting distracted. Someone who can celebrate with us those good things that are happening. And someone who we can do the same with. So this morning, is there a spiritual friend that you can begin to intentionally walk with? And then secondly, is there a group of people, a small group, who can encourage each other in this journey that you can be a part of? A group that shares their struggles and their joys, who encourage and celebrate. And if you're in a small group already, is that what your small group does? Is there some honesty and transparency as people say, you know, I'm really trying to do this and I'm struggling in this area or 
or I've really had a good week and I just want to celebrate God's faithfulness. And if you're not part of a small group yet, Tyler would love to help you find one or start one or, you know, wherever that is. Just connect at westviewbaptistchurch.ca. But this idea of being part of a community, that we don't do this alone, that we need the encouragement of others as well as the empowerment of God's Holy Spirit. And I think if we could start developing these rhythms, rhythms that don't come from, you know, I, I go to church on Sunday and I go to a small, or I go to a Sunday school class or whatever, but, but we have these things where we're learning and growing and, and we have accountability around us and encouragement around us. And as our roots are growing down into this soil and they're finding the nourishment that's there, then we can begin to bear fruit for God. And then we can help his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So this morning, fruits come from roots. What are we rooted and grounded in? And this morning, let me encourage you to begin those disciplines that help that soil become the good soil that allows us to be fruitful for God. Father God, this morning we just come and we acknowledge that we are not the people that we would love to be. We're not the people you made us to be. We don't make the difference in the lives of those around us and in this world that we could if your spirit was able to grow us and mature us. And so, Father, we come and we ask for that. We come and we ask that you would lead us and guide us into these rhythms and these habits that would loosen that soil, that would deepen it when the rocks are taken out, that would clean it when the weeds and the thorns are removed. That soil that allows us to bear fruit for you, to make a difference. And Father God, we just pray, help us as we start to live out these disciplines and rhythms in our lives, that we would become your people who are faithfully bearing fruit. And we thank you for the way your spirit will be at work in us. Give us strength for this week, we pray, and use us that we can be a blessing to others. For we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.